0: At that time, when all the people heard the sound of the horn, flute, harp, and lyre in symphony with all kinds of music, and all the people, nations, and languages fell down and worshipped the golden image which Nebuchadnezzar had set up. So all these people, all these governors, administrators, and all these men and women who gathered, they bowed down and worshipped this image. But there were three young men who were bold enough and courageous enough and had enough faith to say, no, I'm not going to do it. And we come to a place now where we are facing things that are changing in our government in the United States of America. And if you're if you're watching from other nations, there's things that have already changed in your nation. There's things that are already changing or have changed where things can be very oppressive Uh, when it comes to the government and how the government is handling different situations. So we may very well face these kinds of trials in the future, where it's life or death. Will you bow down or will you stand your ground for Jesus? And we need to stand our ground, brethren. We need to stand our ground, brothers and sisters. We need to stand our ground for Jesus and continue in the faith. So all of the kingdom bow down to King Nebuchadnezzar's golden image. They were commanded to do so, and so they obeyed, that is, the kingdom, except three teenagers. Among the Gentile nations, it has always been common to worship idols and false gods. Many kings have considered themselves gods and created image, images for themselves to be worshipped. Worship of this golden idol wasn't something foreign to the people of Babylon, but to Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, it was sin. And it's still sin today, and we need to stand against sin. I don't hear preachers and pastors speaking enough on repentance today. A lot of the churches I go to, and I love to visit different churches and and fellowships, but in America, I don't hear the word repent often enough. I don't hear examine yourself, take a look in the mirror and see what kind of life you're living. And we need to take a look at our lives We need to take a look at our lives and repent in those areas where we've fallen short to stay clean before God. So these three young men were raised to worship one God, the living God, and to honor him in all things. But in all honesty, it went further than that. It's one thing to know something, and it's a completely different thing to have faith in what you know. It's different to have experienced God. It's different to have experienced the presence of God. It's different to truly know Jesus. Because when you're faced with a situation where it's life or death, when you have to make a decision, you have to make a choice like these three young men did, you can face that situation and say, I shall not be moved because I know my God. I haven't just heard about him. I haven't just read about him, but I know him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, that we know you. Thank you that I know your touch. Thank you that I know your voice. Thank you that I know your goodness. So I know people who have memorized thousands of scriptures, and that's powerful, and that's awesome. But when it comes to living them out, they don't have a clue. They don't have a clue of how to live those things out in their lives. And don't get me wrong. We need the word of God desperately. But what I'm saying is it's one thing to be taught. One thing to be taught the things of God, but being moved to action takes faith in what you've learned. The boldness, the boldness of these three teenagers was a byproduct of faith. Their faith caused them to stand courageously, courageously for the God of Israel. And the Spirit of God was there supporting them and empowering them. This wasn't a natural thing. This wasn't a, nat- wasn't a natural boldness because in your flesh, you will fold under pressure if you're faced with death and torment and suffering. But with the power of the Holy Spirit rising up inside of you, you can stand in the face of fear. They were fully convinced that their God was able to deliver them so convinced, in fact, that they made this statement in verses 16 through 18. O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. Their confidence wasn't in their own strength. Their confidence wasn't in an earthly king. Their confidence wasn't in men. It was in the Lord God Almighty. So we should take notice that these three also said, but if our God doesn't deliver us, we want it to be known that we won't serve your gods. And of course, the king took this as a great offense. I'm sure he thought, why do these three children think they can define me? Who do they think that they are? All of my kingdom has bowed to this image, but they have refused to do it. So I also want you all to understand that this holy boldness, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego displayed, wasn't drawn from anything in the natural, as I just said. It wasn't drawn from their own courage, from their own zeal. It was from the Spirit. So this boldness was manifested as a result of the Holy Spirit falling upon them the Holy spirit being present with them. I had a friend tell me recently, uh, as he's matured in his walk with Christ that he's learned, he won't always feel something, but he knows what's right. And he knows, he needs to do what is right regardless of how he feels. And as we've known God, as we've known the Holy Spirit, we need to understand that no matter what happens, whether we feel the presence of God or not, whether we have a sign, whether we, whether we hear God's voice or feel an impression, we need to continue in what's right. And that's what makes us righteous or it helps us to live righteous lives. I should go back and say, what truly makes us righteous is the shedding of Christ's blood. He did the work. And we reap the benefits, but we need to live in a way that's pleasing to God. So the truth is that when we find ourselves face to face with danger, our carnal minds cry out to us. They tell us to run, to hide, to give in, and compromise. But as we listen for God's spirit, he will speak peace into our lives in every situation. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for releasing your peace, Lord God. Release your peace over each one that's watching right now in Jesus' name. So don't be overwhelmed by what you're facing. Set your eyes on Jesus. Do what you know is right. And I promise that he'll meet you there. He'll meet you there to strengthen you and to comfort you. So now let's jump back a little further and read about what happened when the three boys were thrown into the fiery furnace. Daniel chapter 3, 19 to 25. Daniel chapter three nineteen to twenty five. Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury and the expression on his face changed toward Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He spoke and commanded that they heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated, and he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and other garments, and were cast into the midst of the fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's command was urgent and the the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, Do we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? And they answered and said to the king, True, O king, look, he answered, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. So, Son of God there basically means angel. And as some of you know, the angel of the Lord, as he appeared in the Old Testament, was a theophany. Okay, which means it was a manifestation of God himself. So I truly believe that this is Jesus. Some people don't. They believe it's just an angel. I believe that this is a manifestation of the Son of God, as the text says, the Son of God, before he actually took on flesh as a human being. So Nebuchadnezzar's demeanor changed. His mood immediately changed, and he heated the furnace seven times hotter than it was before. And take notice that the mighty men of his army, the mighty men of valor, they were killed instantly as they cast the boys into the fire. That's how hot this furnace was. The three were bound, pay attention, they were bound and they fell into the fire. Next thing you know, the king jumps up and says, didn't I cast three men into the fire? You see, he had them bound and yet they were free, unharmed and untouched by the fiery furnace. And it was one more with them. The fourth man in the fire, it was the son of God. Verse 27 says that their hair wasn't singed, nor was their garments or were their garments affected. The smell of fire wasn't even on them. You know, I can't have a fire. I can't have a fire outside a bonfire without having that smoke smell on my clothing, if you know what I mean. But they heated this Fire. They they heated this furnace to thousands of degrees. It had to be thousands of degrees. And yet these young men didn't smell like smoke. God delivered them because they stood in the face of death and danger. And they did not flinch. They did not hesitate. He delivered them to make himself known to a heathen king and to his kingdom. He delivered them to reveal that he is the one true and living God. So we need to stand, okay? We need to stand. You're gonna go through the heat. You're gonna go through the fire, but you don't have to come out smelling like smoke. You're gonna go through that pressure, but you don't need to feel the pain and the angst and the anxiety that you would if you weren't walking with God, than you would if Jesus wasn't there in it with you. You understand what I'm saying? You need, you're always gonna have to walk through the fire. We're gonna have to walk through trials and tribulations. But I tell you this in the seasons of the most intense stress and pressure in your life, God is providing you an opportunity to discover your greatest potential. And these three young men, they wouldn't have known what was inside of them until they were challenged, until their faith was challenged and they realized. We have great faith. That faith wasn't given uh, from us to us. It was given by God to us. Each man or woman has a measure of faith that they must use, that they must use. And faith, when you release your faith, the Holy Spirit comes. God comes to meet with you, to to empower you and to use you for his glory, for his works. Hallelujah. Oh, we we just praise God for his goodness. We praise God that regardless of the situation, God is going to use it for his glory. He used it to reach King Nebuchadnezzar. Although King Nebuchadnezzar never seemed to truly repent and live for God, and you're going to come across a lot of people like that in your life where, you know, you're going to preach the gospel, they're going to say, I believe now, wow, thank you so much for for preaching the gospel, I accept Jesus, I believe in Jesus, but they're not going to change their lifestyle. We pray for true transformation in people's lives that are in our sphere of influence, those people that we pray for, those people that we minister to, but everyone has to make their decision King Nebuchadnezzar, he could no longer deny after this situation, after this this sign and wonder of these three men being delivered, these three young men being delivered, he could no longer deny the fact that this God, the God of these young men, was the true and living God. But he never truly repented and gave his life to God completely. So I want you to know that you're going to be used, maybe not exactly in this way, but you're going to be used But you can't be used unless you consecrate yourself and set yourself apart and say, God, my life is for you. I want to be 100% sold out for you. I want to be used by you. I want to commit all that I am and all that I have to you. And that's when people are going to see the contrast between the people of God and the world. So I challenge you right now to give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ and surrender all that you have and all that you are to God. Say this prayer with me if you'd like to commit yourself to Jesus today, if you'd like to receive his forgiveness and if you'd like to follow him. Oh, thank you, Lord. Say this prayer with me. Believe it in your heart and confess it with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Heavenly Father, I thank you that Jesus is your son. I thank you that you sent him to die on the cross for my sins. Lord, forgive me. Of my sins. I believe that Jesus died on the cross, that he rose from the grave, and that he is Lord forevermore. Lord, empower me by your Holy Spirit to do your work. Lord, empower me by giving me all that I need, all the wisdom I need, all of the strength that I need, and all that I need from your anointing, from your Spirit. Lord, Holy Spirit, come fill me now. Use me, Lord, empower me and strengthen me. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. If you said that prayer, please contact me and just tell me that you've received Jesus and you've begun to follow him. It'll be the best decision you've ever made in your life. I tell you that right now from experience, from many years of experience. Thank you so much for joining me this Sunday, and I hope to see you again very soon. God bless you. Keep your eyes to the skies and your hands to the plow.